Hi guys, this is Francis and Dennis from High Cut Podcast. On High Cut Podcast, we discuss social issues that are affecting our community, ranging from mental health, alcohol and drugs, and personal development. For many more, stay tuned. From wherever you're listening from. Welcome to our second episode of iCast Podcast. Our previous episode, we mainly covered the importance of self-care, cultural aspects of self-care, and we also received tips from our panel about self-care. On today's episode, we discuss the types of self-care and developing a lifestyle with self-care technique. In today's episode, Monica joins us again. Thank you for coming and welcome to iCard Podcast Episode 2. Thanks for having me, guys. This topic actually resonated with me when we talked about the previous episode. And I went back, I was just thinking about, we haven't actually got into it that in-depth. Actually, someone asked me if self-care is selfish. Because, you know, there's that negative connotation around self-care that you've been selfish. You've been a jack. I said, I'm not being a jack. It's about looking after myself because when I have the opportunity to look after myself, I'll be able to look after you. It does not mean you are choosing yourself over your loved ones. So, Dennis, what is your understanding about the types of self-care that we have out there so our listeners may know? Thanks, Francis, for giving me the audience as well. And also, I just want to quickly welcome back again our guest with us today, Monica. And like you rightly asked, for me, when you said types of self-care, actually, frankly speaking, there are multiple types of self-care. And like I said earlier in our previous episode, was that each and every one need to find the type of self-care that resonates with our lifestyle. But in saying that, I would just say one type of self-care that I can probably recommend for people we have to do with the physical self-care. And when I talk about physical self-care, it's all about how you fall in your body when you include tasks such as routine, prioritizing your sleep, adopting an exercise routine that stick with it, or even choosing healthy and nourishing food over processed foods, and also talking about issues that you have with people around you, your loved ones, your family, and also ensuring that if you're on any specific medications and all that to help regulate whatever issues that you're dealing with, you should always take that very seriously and, you know, and appropriately as well. You can also look into social aspect of self-care. When I talk about social aspect of self-care, this involves you putting time and effort into your relationship. For example, scheduling exciting lunch date with your loved ones or families. You, know, you can go on dinner and date. It doesn't really mean to be with you partner or wife, families can go out on dinner day and enjoy it. And also engaging in healthy social media activities. You know, like when you talked about, or if it is possible, like in our previous episode, as we put it, you know, when you talked about we not waking up in the morning and jumping up on your phones and all that, trying to use your phone wisely. So these are like a good way also to start, you know, when we talk about social types of self-care. By involving a healthy social media use, going out more, and sometimes you can volunteer your time to corporate organizations or to NGOs, spend our time wisely for the economic good and community benefit as well. So these are some good, easy ways you can actually practice self-care on a physical and social aspect of it. Wow. So basically, is it some sort of list of behavior or tasks that you just want to tick off? 
It could be yeah. if you work well with lists. A lot of people work well with lists. Okay. Yeah. So and as long as they're ticking well, off something they've put on their list, they feel they're taking care of themselves. Exactly. It's not like some list that you just tick off, but you have to stick with it. It can be either. I feel you have to be very flexible with the word self-care because mm. it's self. So the individual is who matters. No. So if you care more about having a list of things to do mm. and taking them off as opposed to someone having a list that they must do and will always stick to and always do them, those are two different individuals. Okay. So what you're telling me, maybe self-care is different for everyone. Sure. It's different from everyone's way of doing things yes mm. do you have any form of self-care again like last week i'll take the components of being the woman in the panel mm. <laughs> and i will discuss emotional self-care mm. there's a lot of stigma with being an emotional being as a woman for women we feel a lot of burden with our emotion because we carry a lot of them activities done to find an outlet for your feelings and relaxation techniques listening to music and doing things that are fulfilling you emotionally are very important for people who are very emotional beings. As a woman, oh, you know, <laughs> I want to use the word gossip and then I feel myself controlling myself because like I said, the last episode, I tried to emphasize mm. on self-care and being selfish are very close related cousins mm. and you can go all the way to the other side if you're not careful. So if you're having a lot of emotions, then you are finding a weighing you down. You want to find a technique that helps you release them. Yeah. So like talking to a counselor or trusted friends. Mm. For women, having a social group, having a women group of friends that you mm. hold close to your dear heart mm. is being proven to be very good for your mental health. And it's one of those things that you treasure. So you want to be aware of that. For men, I think you guys just go for a drink and you just That's breathe. Why you go for a smoke, you know. <laughs> you go for a smoke. That's some even go for a smoke. That comes. I don't that, think yeah. we want to promote unhealthy habits <laughs> as a form of for self. For people, that is for them self care. Like maybe when they overthrow issues, they just go to a corner and have a smoke to cool down and think over things. It doesn't mean maybe you're gonna be saying it's healthy or unhealthy for them. They're not gonna listen to you. It's just an habit. It depends if you're a smoker. Exactly. No, 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 no. We can go into depth a bit about this because you're both health professionals. You cannot give people coping mechanisms that are destructive for them and then call it self-care. From a healthcare perspective, we cannot say that. That's not good advice. When you said about men going for drinks... Are you just trying to make an example? Yeah, it's like some of them can also go for smoke and that (laughs) works for them. You know what encourages... That's interesting because actually last week I was talking to you about how my mom used to do naps and my dad used to go out with friends. But he started going out with friends when he was about 27 years old. And then drinking became bad for him. There is the concept of social drinking. It's Mm. a very common thing in Australia, social drinking, people who are healthy functioning individuals who go out drinking on a Saturday Sunday with their friends or smoke and it's social it's called social drinking because you don't use it to function but because alcoholism has been found to be a genetic condition as well you do not know if you have the predisposition to be 
addicted to it. Yeah. Smoking in itself is addictive. Yeah. So that one has already been defined that nicotine will attach to the receptors to you and mm. you will find yourself addicted to smoking. But alcohol is the same issue. The issue is you start drinking and smoking when you're 14 years old mm. and you're doing it because it's fun. Yeah. By the time you're 27 yeah. and you've established a habit, it becomes harmful for you. So that's why I am saying you as a social worker, me as a nurse, we cannot with good conscience yeah, recommend, recommend people, yeah, people smoking or drinking because of the risk of addictions yes, and all the comorbidities that come with it. Yes. And also some people drink to mask the pain. Yeah. So you're not really take care of yourself. You're just masking the pain of what is going on in your life. All the emotional burdens that you currently have and you cannot express them Mm. or you can't find the real words to say it or a place to have an outburst, you go and fall on alcohol. They're called destructive coping mechanisms. Mm. Smoking and drinking because of the aspect of addiction Mm. and the fact that it can be abused becomes less of a self-care and becomes more of a destructive coping mechanism. I understand your point here because we're looking at this concept of self-care. It's all about, it helps us to build a resilience towards stressors in our life. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. So it's not about promoting a bad, healthy habit. Yeah, I didn't promote here. Like in my first, when I talked about physical Times I mentioned like living a good healthy lifestyle, like eating good food, going for a run, cycling. Yeah. yeah, I work with clients who sometimes you having an issue or relation with in the office, like maybe drunk case work mm-hmm. and all that, and it's like I can't handle it, and they just walk out of the office and don't have a smoke. I come back and they don't cool. Yeah, I understand. This, I totally it's not like understand. Promote them to smoke or something, but for them, when you ask them why they do that, they're gonna tell you, oh. I feel a bit relief now that I have a smoke. But it's not like you promote it. That you're still going to tell them, like, look, this is not healthy for you, you know, like, even if you think it's a good self-care practice for you, sort of, but it's not a healthy thing because it comes a consequence. Justifying an addiction can yeah. also become one of those things. That's why I was telling you, it's yeah. very thin line. Yeah. Self-care and the terminology and the uses of it, because, again, it's per individual, mm. can be very misused because... As a society, we yeah. know we mean doing good things. Yeah. Doing things that we all have socially accepted yeah. as good for you. But some people do have destructive tendencies yeah. that they do and they still call themselves care because they do feel good afterwards. Yeah. But they are destroying themselves in the way of in, doing in that. Long run. Exactly, yeah. absolutely. Okay. And that's what we're trying to avoid. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And also, when you take care of your mind and body, you become better equipped to live your best life and also take care of those around you. For me, that's what I believe when you talk about self-care because mm-hmm. you be able to take care, just like the types of self-care you guys talked about, you know, the mind and the body, which comes with the physical aspect. Yes. As a man, when I go to the gym and exercise, put on some one or two pounds of muscles, man, I feel pumped when I'm working the more. I feel like a superman. But you see, you will have the aspect where someone goes to the gym Mm. and start taking testosterone. Testosterone, yeah. Or the steroids, all in the name of improving yourself. But you're not. That's a self-destructive thing because eventually you're going to lose that mass of weight. Well, just let you know I don't do that. I go natural. (laughs) I love my African physics. Yes. You know, it's natural. But when I pump the iron, 
You feel great feel about good. yourself. So that's one level of self-care. I feel like it's more important. Yeah. And also, we have so many kind of practicing self-care, creating balance in our everyday life. What do you reckon about that, Monica? It does bring me to the top of relational type of self-care. And this is where you strengthen the close and daily familial relationships around you. And that's for people who are surrounding you, who are like your spouse, your children, your parents, your close families and friends. This one is where it gets tricky because self-care around others can also be used or people might not value you as much as you are valuing what you're doing for them. So you might want to have a date with your husband or your wife as a way of making your relationship closer But the wife is like, you haven't taken out the bin for the last two weeks. And all of a sudden you want us to go out and have food. Can we have your priorities set? So self-care in this sense, where you want to make good relationships around you so that you don't feel the burden. Because bad relationships weigh you down. Like if you have a very bad relationship. Absolutely. This traumatizes your psychological and mental health. It's one of the biggest reasons why people say I'm going to go for self-care. So you might need to maybe ask the people around you what they need or observe what they need. And actually listen actively and do as they have asked rather than assuming or creating an idea about what they need from you. Of course, this is after you've set healthy boundaries. So there is need for you to establish what you will not do. And speaking it out right so that everyone knows from the beginning, this is the line for me. But at the same time, in order to build good relationships around you, you must look at the people who are around you, their needs, their wants, And how much of that you are ready to give in order to get something back. If you give to your partner and the feedback is good and they're giving you a healthy relationship back because of how giving you are, then that's a win-win situation. Yeah, definitely. If you then find yourself in those relationships that you're always giving, sometimes walking away and not giving, being the taker this time around, might help you and might also give some respect from that other person. But like I said, this is all the nitty gritties of life that are very hard to navigate because of how many lines you can cross, how many people you can offend along the way. But it is important to establish good relational relationships with the people around you in order to have good self-care. And the last thing, which is safety and security. This one is about activities to stabilize your personal environment, your environmental and your financial security. If you're in an unhealthy relationship and you feel unsafe, self-care in this situation is to remove yourself from that situation. Unhealthy in the sense of toxic and this domestic violence, Mm. for example. So your safety becomes a self-care. Yes, it becomes a self-care issue. Your safety and security If you are financially unstable, going on holidays, putting you more into more financial strain is not going to improve your self-care financially. You need to take care of that. You need to actually fix your finances in order to create self-care activities around what you love doing. So 
you cannot start traveling the world so in debt. Exactly. <laughs> Again, right. to his and his own, you might come from a wealthy family and they're yeah. happy to pay for you. But don't do things that, because some people cannot cope with being in debt. Yes. They'll be even more stressed. You'll yeah. be on that holiday, super stressed that you don't have yeah. money. That's a stressor. Exactly. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you work, you save your money, and then the extra, the money that you're saving when you're budgeting, you're budgeting for the holiday yeah. for self-care. And environmentally, self-care means washing your room, <laughs> making your bed. That's it. I love that because that's the first thing I do in the morning before I work out. And that gives me like uh, about you something. It helps. Exactly. Yeah. Your environment yeah. is conducive for you yeah. and you feel you've taken care of yourself. You know? yeah. It's something like I'm proud of because my previous employer taught me that to fix my bed and mm. since then that one stocks with me. <laughs> you know, That's one of the great benefits of self-care just like what you have highlighted there. And also if you look at self-care it helps us to reduce that anxiety depression and improve the level of our happiness. Okay. It also increases our energy and reducing a burnout and strengthen the relationship with one another. In essence, actually, yeah. if you are doing an activity that mm. has been defined as self-care, but you find that activity is causing you stress, stress. it's, it's not, not for you. That's not self-care. Yeah, that's, it's not for yeah. you. I call that self-harm. <laughs> like I said, you know what I said sometimes, we have different types of self-care, you know, like made use of the expertise in this regard today, and I really appreciate that. So, you have to look into these different types that we've mentioned and pick one that you think you can get hold of. Because like when you say something about taking care of your financial situation to be able to get to a vacay or something like that, it's better than being indebted and going to a vacay because when you're there, you're going to be more stressed because you're going to think about how you're going to solve that piece when you yeah, come back. Exactly. That is not self-care. But for the rich or for the one who can afford it and feel like, oh, I think... Going on a month or a week or, or three days or however this vacay is all I need now and I can afford it, go for it. Give it a go, you know. I find it interesting well, how exactly. you say vacay, vacay. Exactly, you know. Yeah, but for, for those who fully aware, I don't really have this money safe for vacation, but I just want to do something right, something physical. Like suggested before, you can go for a walk, you can go for exercise. You can Absolutely. Go for a, you can go to the pool on the weekend. Even if you don't, you don't need to go to the beach if you don't want to. You can go to the pool on the weekend and you don't have a good swim. There are little things. You or can you do. can catch up with some friends and make a meal together. You can even yeah. catch a train. Actually, you can catch a train from Sydney to Wollongong and catch a train back from Wollongong to Sydney. And just look through the window. This? Just think of something that suits you. That's easy. Not add up to your stress. Better position your mindset in a very balanced situation. And... In that way, you can be very active. In that way, you're going to trail anger at somebody else. In that way, you're going to rage at somebody else. You know what I mean? So I think that is the essence of what we're trying to say here because a lot of people are stressed in different jobs that we do. We have different people who work in different areas, different fields, you know? So what is applicable for you may not be applicable for you, but there is definitely something that is applicable to everyone, irrespective of class, gender, sex, sexual orientation, or things like that. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's always a self-care practice, but the important note is for us to be able to identify that thing that can help relax your mind, that it's not going to be dangerous to your head, that it's going to be healthy for you. I think that is the bottom line. That's absolutely the bottom line, yeah. Yeah. You must explore and experience your beliefs, your morals and your values 
in a way that connects you to a larger purpose. Exactly. And by observing nature or visiting museums or religious places like praise and worship and prayer and reading scripture can be that form of taking care of yourself. Sure. So actually, I was just covering spiritual there. (laughs) I covered spiritual there. But I'll let you go into... (laughs) This is a thing. People always have negative connotation when it comes to self-care. And people have to view it as it being selfish and lazy. And that sometimes could not like, because you haven't spent time working, making money or doing something. You just decided to take time off. People look at, oh, he's lazy. Oh, he doesn't want to work. Now he's trying to use self-care as a form of blogging. He's such a blogger. It depends on how perpetual the issue is. How often is this person saying, I'm going to sit down here and do nothing. Yet my bills are stacking up. My family is not fed. Everything around me is going badly. And you keep telling people that me sitting here is self-care. If you're doing that every day and you're not changing your situation, that's not self-care. That's, again, that's a self-destructive tendency. Monica, people are not always aware they need self-care. People tend to ignore their feelings and needs to never realize that they need the time out. So if I'm taking a time out, I'm not ignoring. Again, I I said with everything, I have insisted that this Mm. topic is a balance of a very thin line. So if you're sitting down there, Francis, as a person who has Mm. worked Monday to Friday and your wife is asking you to take that bin out and you said, I'll go on Sunday. But then she is insisting on it. But you're saying, I need to rest. She needs to respect that boundary. That's her job as your wife to recognize that you are tired. And that is you taking some time off. Mm. Okay. But if you take time off on Saturday and then on Sunday, the day you promised to take the bean out and you tell her I'm sitting here because I'm tired because it's self-care. Now that's selfish. To me, you've breached the line. You broke your promise. Okay. And it won't take you long to help her take this bin out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you have promised. She allowed leeway for it. I know like sometimes practicing self-care creates that balance in our life. People don't practice self-care because they believe it takes time Mm. and there is never time to pamper yourself. Do you believe that? I think I agree with you, you know, frankly speaking, you know, when you see people don't uh, practice self-care or maybe they think it's selfish or something like that because it doesn't mean like you choose yourself over the loved one or maybe what makes you look like self-care, you may not be the same for another person else, you know. We all have our individual in, in secrecies or how do you, I'm putting, you know, like individual values and, and features, you know, the way we think and the way we perceive things. How I perceive things may be different from you. So it's always an open argument for people to sort of not to resort to self-care or mm-hmm. see it like something that is being selfish. But the bottom line here is this, when you are feeling anxiety, when you are feeling depressed, when you are feeling stressed, like especially in previous episodes, like in this pandemic era, we've noticed a lot of our frontline workers are stressed because of the rising cases of COVID-19 and how it impacted our hospital system and health system. You don't need the Prime Minister or the State Premier to tell you, look, I'm really sick and tired of this COVID, or the doctors and nurses or GPs to say, look, I'm really tired of this COVID, or the retailers in Coles or Woolies and other logistic drivers and all that to say I'm tired. Even the delivery guys, you know what I mean? Everyone has had it. You know, everyone is stressed out. So the essence is we're trying to say, look, I miss all these things happening. You can still try 
to practice good self-care, to be able to have a sound mind. Because it is only when you have a sound mind that you can function properly. So this is not about being selfish. People who may be looking at it like, you're being selfish or you have to have this luxury of a thing before you can practice self-care. Maybe they're not really stressed. That is why. But when you push to that boundary, when you know you... Fine, you can seek medical interventions like, you know, like COGP or counselors or if you're experiencing some dysfunctionality in your day-to-day activities. But this is a tip for you there who really neglects There's other things you can do. You don't have to have the money for vacation to be able to do it. But just take into that plan, that scheduled plan about this particular self-care that works for you, that works for your routine, that works for your job, that works for your personality. We'll go a long way to research you better. So like imagine you, Monica, I talked today in the studio, you know, with your tight schedule at work, you still have the time to come to the studio to talk about self-care because I believe you understood the importance of self-care and how you can actually implement this to your daily work life. Because you've had it enough in the hospitals with the work that you do, with a lot of sick patients coming, influx of patients coming from COVID-19 and raising questions and sick information about COVID. So you're really stressed up, you know what I mean? Working overtime, getting home at night, sometimes, for example, if you tested positive, you can't even stay in the room with your family. So these are some of the things that can bring you down and weigh you down and lead to having depression and anxiety or even transferring aggression to your patient. But if you can just practice a little self-care techniques, it can go a long way to helping you vitalize your mind and well-being to be able to perform better in the job that we do. I'll just add something on selfishness. Mm. Selfishness is the desire to take away, to take from others often in the detriment of the other people. As I said, because even with self-care, you're taking time separate from individuals to try and come back stronger, that initial step of actually stepping away from people can be seen as selfish because people are like, I also have time. Mm. My time is also important. Why do you think that you have the right to take away from the time that I think you should be allocating on me? To take care of yourself. So there is two things here I feel like as human beings we must put in place. You must understand your intuition. Your intuition and inclination towards seeing that someone is depleted. I will look at Francis as my friend who I have seen on several occasions. And I will see today he looks a little bit more tired. And he will tell me I just need a minute to sit down and just take a breather today. And me as a good friend... I should respect that. And Francis, as a good person, should then come back to me once he's ready. That way, I can see that he needed that time so that he can come back stronger. As a human race, especially when we come to relational self-care, when you're taking time out, you want to be clear about the motives of why you're taking time out. You want to tell your wife or your husband, I'm taking time out because I've spent the whole day with my son. And for five minutes, I just want to feel like a woman again. I don't want to feel like a mother constantly always being needed. As a husband, your job is to not criticize what you had to do for yourself that day, for all the work that you needed to do. But respect that boundary. You've been given the reason, the time period that she needs and the energy and what she wants to feel at the end of it. So you will come in and you say, yeah, sure. Take five minutes, go, and then come back as a wife 
don't go for seven hours. Yeah. Come back after the five minutes yeah. that you said you would do this. Yeah. And then you will say, thank you so much for supporting me. I feel better, yeah. but I feel like I will need this every day. Yeah. Can we do this every day? Yeah. And you as a husband, you will be reasonable enough and say, hey, I also want to take Saturdays and Sundays off. Mm. Can you give me Monday to Friday? Yeah. And that way it's just transactional, communicative, yeah. and we have not crossed each other's boundaries. Exactly. Not be selfish and bad. Yeah. Yes. Right. The idea that you're taking some time out so that he can do something else means that you're taking from his time as well. So yeah. there is a line of being selfish there. But if you communicate it and it's not being understood and there's no support, mm. you might actually need to forcefully take it yeah. in a very wise way. Yeah, I believe you guys raised some valid point there, but we're going to move on. I want to know how I should develop a healthy self-care lifestyle. So assess that we used to like assess my needs and stuff so monica can you touch on that for us a little bit yeah sure so like i said the technique is about communication first of all and again you need to have a healthy sense of self so you need to be aware of who you are your strength your weaknesses and your support system around you and you have to have created the hierarchy of needs for yourself I believe Dennis had a really good list. I'll let him go through that list. Yeah. And if there's any topic yeah. I find interesting, we'll discuss on it. But that yeah. to me, the number one thing for self-care, because it's a self thing, okay. has always been identifying and who you are. I will add to that because mm-hmm. developing a healthy self-care lifestyle involves assess your needs and take account of your lifestyle yeah. when you are aware of what you need to do daily. You create that space to find a little moment in each day to care for your needs over others. Yep. And also be mindful of your stressors by simply being aware of things that cause you <laughs> stress and find ways to deal with these issues. Like distressing could include a simple run or just drinking tea in a quick space. So then is, is there anything you want to elaborate on for a little bit? Actually, I agree with you from what you said, and I also came with what Monica talked about, having that relational communicating atmosphere between families and couples, especially when you're talking about a relational relationship type of self-care. Added on to what you just said as well, is also to be mindful of your stressors. You can be mindful of your stressors by simply being aware of things that causes you to stress and find ways to deal with these issues. I mean, distressing could include things like simple run or just drinking tea like you have earlier highlighted. So another thing is you can also come up with self-care strategy that not only fit into your budget or finances, but can also easily fit into your daily routine. You know, just like when Monica talked about the financial and budgetary part of going on vacations and all that, and it's like, you know, it's more healthy when you have the financial work to do than going on vacay when you're indebted and things like that. Otherwise, that might really lead and add up to your list of stress. So you know what I mean? So when you come up with you know, budget and finances that can easily fit into your daily routine, this is a good place to develop yourself. And again, you can also plan for challenges. I recognize this one when you are neglecting yourself. When I talk about that, you have to plan and allow 
your mind not yes. to fall through the cracks. And whenever it that happens, you can learn to pick yourself up by simply adapting to some of these available self-care practices like we mentioned earlier in the episode. And you can also take small steps, actually, though. You don't need to rush or adopt these strategies. You can rather start with small activities such as spending 10 minutes, laying down, just make yourself a priority, schedule time for your needs, and when things are healthy, you know, try and always be the boss of yourself. Let me put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Always understand how to regulate, schedule, and plan. And understand your biological composition when you're getting breakdown. Just know, I think I'm getting a breakdown. I need to relax and chill. Things like that. So you also know when to ask for help. One of the problems a lot of us have nowadays is when we try to position ourselves in that ISO position where we don't really want to talk to people about whatever is going on within us. We don't want to seek for help or attention. I mean, maybe we think traditionally, like from any culture, you would, men we see themselves like being weakened when they go ask for help. So, you know, when you bring that kind of cultural settings into the Western part of life, when you have this sort of stress situation, like, oh, if I go tell this person my problem, be like, oh, you're so weak, you can't even control yourself, you can't even... It's not like that. You know, always understand that you can always talk to people, you can always seek attention, you can always seek help, you can always contact your GP, your counsellors, whenever you feel like, you know, things are not getting right. But you have to be okay with the level of support or mm. lack of support that you receive from different people. Yeah. yeah. I feel you cannot burden other people with all your issues yeah. and expect them to drop everything. It's not possible. Yeah. yeah. So you have to be okay with people telling you, I really can't help you now. Exactly. Because at the moment, I am currently struggling as well. But this is what I've heard this other person did. Exactly. Do you mind speaking to that other person? Some people get absolutely offended when mm-hmm. someone denies their help and they feel... Belittled or something. Yeah. Sort of. yeah. You're absolutely right, you know, because at the end of the day... Understanding your self-esteem and not just like going out there because I may not be able to give you the help that you really need, but I may be able to refer you or support, you know, or say, oh, I can't do this, but I've heard someone, I've heard this, you know, Mm -hmm. someone in my workplace did this and this is what he or she did. I will refer you to a government agency that I've had to support people like this. You know, like for we social worker, whatever we can do within our resources, we have other organizations and stakeholders externally yeah. that we can make referrals that we to. we refer you know? to. Exactly. Like we can refer you to GP. If you work in the health sector, you know, you know how this chains of command work. The GP can prescribe or refer you to counselors and every other thing that can be helpful in that regard, you know. And also, you also understand to have a minimum basic thing to do that brings you peace. Like I said earlier, the bottom line is you having a good state of mind. And when you have peace, your mind is at stable. So that is what you should drive towards, relaxing your mindset, psychologically, spiritually, mm-hmm. financially, you know, yeah. emotionally. Yeah. So you need to walk around this space, you know, where you can incorporate all these things together and adapt to these self-care practices that is least minimal or achievable. You will see that you will be on your recovery way to, you know, getting there when you're not there at the moment. So all these are some of those tips you can actually stick to to help you out of. I'm going to add my own developing a healthcare lifestyle. I believe coming up with a self-care strategy that not only fit into your budget, but also easily fit into your daily routine. Yes. And plan for challenges. Plan for challenges and recognize when you are neglecting yourself. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Plan allows you to mindfully 
things happening around you, you can see the cracks and you can pick yourself up. Take small steps. We all have like these big, massive things that we want to achieve. But for you to achieve a big things, yeah, you have to take step. small steps. Exactly. Don't overwhelm yourself because you want to be a doctor next yeah. year. You have to go and take four courses at uni. Absolutely. And then you're yeah. working full time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell me how you're going to achieve that. Managing yeah. your workload. Yeah. Yeah. I know how to be proactive. Being proactive to your own detriment. You don't need to rush or adapt a big strategy, but you can rather start with small activities such as drinking enough water. And consistency. Yeah, consistency. Consistency is everything. I think I might add that when you're younger, from my perspective when I was younger, in my 20s, which was not that far long. (laughs) Well, I recently turned 30, but it has come with a bit of enlightenment. So Mm. I will appreciate my life experiences. So in my 20s, you do beat yourself up a lot. And you also have a stage where you think you know, but you really don't know. So allow each stage of your life to come as it's coming. (laughs) Learn to make yourself a priority. Schedule time for your needs. Even when things are chaotic. Yeah, like I said. I believe my role is to provide calm because I myself have the need for peace. I like that one. That's it. I like that phrase. Yeah. Yeah. And each age has its own beauty. Each part of your life has its own beauty. And in any case, you must work with interest and pleasure. It's the only thing you have. So you must keep your curiosity and just allow each stage of your life to come with its own beauty. All yeah. of them come with When you find yourself in a situation where you don't really know what to do, always seek attention, always seek for support. Like for students, when you talked about it, you know, students, you know, doing overload of courses because you just want to, you know, smash everything in one go, you know. When you find yourself in a spot like when you're feeling depressed and getting this anxiety, speak to school counselors, you know, yeah. or speak to student counselors, you know. And when you're at work, you know, like for social workers, you can they talk have, to senior colleagues, yeah. go on the bridge. There are little things Nowadays, you most employers, they have this program called Employee EAP. Assistance Program. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. There's free access. Or yeah. you can even have seek support with Headspace, mental support. Or there are so many support groups out there. Yeah. You know, Beyond blue, if, if you have mental health issues. Those kind of stuff. That. Yeah, a lot of people Just speak to your GP and yeah. your social workers, psychologists and nonsense. They have stakeholders they can refer you to for. Yeah. The thing is, you just have to speak out. Don't keep things within yourself, but that weighs you down the more. So we all have experience in an expandable desire to pack our bags, move across the state and change your name. That's simply our bodies and mind telling us we need a time out. So this episode, we have dived a little deeper into taking care of ourselves. We have discussed what is self-care and the importance of the little self-care, daily things that we have to do and how to find the balance between our own needs and taking care of everyone else. The different types of self-care, which we just talked about, and to create and develop a self-care strategy that fits your lifestyle. So with this... We end the program for today. I thank you guys for coming. Thank you so much for having us. It was a very interesting topic. I yeah. appreciate it. Nice to meet you, Dennis. Oh, it's a pleasure. I hope all the other episodes are as fun as this one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Everyone tune um, in and subscribe, please. Yeah, I'll look forward to catch up with you again, Monica. Absolutely. And with that, I say thank you and tata. 